I can do the Lone Ranger and snaps. <laughs> Hidden talents. There's a segment for. That's right. Big finish. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Disorganized Religion Podcast. I am Matt Haran, the pastor at Heritage United Methodist Church, and I am joined by my partner in crime, Eric Johnson, director of adult education and online content. You know, not to minimize either of those two critically important things, um, out of curiosity, f- to tell a little more about, the, about yourself to the people at home, what else you have going on other than the whole adult discipleship and digital content thing? Well, um, I don't think it's a big secret, so a lot of people know, but um, I am also a head swimming coach for the YMCA. Um, the team name is PYP, uh, which is, stands for Pinellas YMCA Piranhas. Um, we train out of the... Why uh, isn't it the P... Y-M-C-A-P. P. I don't know. Too long to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Uh, Sorry. We train Good. out of the uh, North Pinellas branch uh, right there in Landsbrook, just south of East Lake High School. Um, yeah, so that's where I go most afternoons and um, uh, spend some time uh, coaching swimming. So I was a swimmer in high school. Uh, I swam in college. Um, a lot of... Uh, 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 my history revolves around swimming, and um, I'd been out of it for a long time. Uh, and then my kids got involved with it um, in high school, and um, I started helping out and got the bug to get back involved. And that's how so they get yeah, you. It's, it's um, <laughs> and I've always loved hanging out with um, with middle schoolers and teenagers. That's always something that I've always enjoyed. And so this. Um, gives me a chance to do that and and be a part of their lives and um, be more than just a a swim coach. You know, I really uh, want to um, impart you know um, a value system that makes them you know good adults yeah. in the future. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun and I enjoy it and it's very rewarding. Cool. Um, and I, you know, I see it as an extension of of our ministry. You know, a lot of people, they ask me, what, I, what, what, what do you do when you're not here? You know, I get the same question. <laughs> so, oh, I work in a church. Oh, what do you do? Oh, well. And that gives me a chance to talk about, you know, my faith and where I work and heritage. And cool. So. so do they ask you, so what do you do the rest of the week? <laughs> yeah. So I get that question at both jobs. <laughs> so on Sunday mornings, I go, what do you do the rest of the week? And my then... favorite question. <laughs> so you only work one day a week? That's right. That's, yep. That's right. This all happens in... in yep. Can I tell you an interesting language arts fact about the word swims? Uh, there's a language art Not that fact I was really going to wait for your permission, but um, here, I'm going to show you using one of your little... Uh, dry erase thingies here. So, Okay. Swims. It's an ambigram. A, a what? The word swims is an ambigram. Is that when, Do you, know what when you can spell a word forwards and backwards? That. Nope. Although, that is that. Is it? No, I guess it isn't. No, W's make a W sound, <laughs> and M's make a M sound. So, close. Okay, yeah. But no. 
No, an ambigram is actually a word that is the same if it's upside down. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> Mind-blowing well, things. How many sure. words can do that? Not I can't many. be that many. Not many. <laughs> Does it have to have an S and a W yeah. and an M? Like, it has Some, to have those letters in it. Not many. Some people cheat, though, and do, like, these cool, like, designs where they kind of, like, make the, the letters look <laughs> in a way that can pull it off. But the actual ones that are just, like, that have that, have that happen Naturally. in, like, a regular font is, is pretty, pretty, uh, it's a pretty short list. It's a pretty short list. So, but, uh, all right, so I always, I already feel like we've been so educational today at, uh, uh, here on the podcast, you know, um, we do not just work on Sunday. We work other days too. Uh, it's not like we work on Sunday and then uh, just nap all day every day. Uh, that makes for a good baby, but not a good grown up. Apparently, nothing. yeah. Apparently, a, a good baby will sleep all day long. Uh, a good, like a husband, for say, a good husband does not do that. Apparently, yeah. Having tried that. It didn't go well for me. Didn't go over well. Most times, yeah. So, I do. I do hit the uh, adrenaline crash on the afternoon sometimes, and it doesn't matter what's happening. I'm gonna fall asleep like wherever I am. So I might as well go ahead and get on a couch or on a bed somewhere. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, um, so I do. I, I do have uh, some um, some thoughts to share though about about church life. Um, when, um, uh, and you cut this out, which one do we decide to go with? <laughs> are we, we going to go with the, the contemporary one? Uh, we'll do the contemporary one, right? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had some, uh, interesting things that I've noticed lately about, uh, about our work at the church. Uh, for one thing, you know, what's a funny word. Pew? Pew. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have some history with that. Eric word. and I have discussed that before. There's probably some good like Latin reason why uh, uh, your chair is called a pew. Um, but uh, Was that one of the ones that, that Jim Harnish didn't like when we made the... He didn't really... We started making fun of some of the That's true. We made fun of some traditions. He didn't really yeah, that's true. Really I don't know if that was one of them. That was probably fine. Um, yeah, Eric and I used to work at a pre- another church, and we started a, a contemporary service in the uh, youth building, sort of like the you know the cool dark youth building service that churches are doing now. Um, and we engineered that at a previous church, and so we made fun of some stuff that you'd find in a regular sanctuary, like the word pew, pew. yeah, <laughs> and flowers. And in yeah. retrospect, it probably was Jim. In retrospect, usually Jim was correct on that <laughs> right. sort of stuff. Should you mock church? Probably not. Should you, you know. make fun of the other service to promote your own? Right. No. Probably not. No. Right. Um, I will say, though, uh, kind of a nagging, annoying thing that I've had going on for a while that has actually grown on me and has now made me kind of th- think deep philosophical thoughts. You know autocorrect on your phone, right? Autocorrect yeah, Siri is... Siri and Google. Right. And- Autocorrect is notorious for some pretty embarrassing transformations to the things people are writing on their phones. Um, And mine isn't embarrassing, uh, but it is odd. You can imagine that when I am texting, emailing, uh, we have this messenger system that we use on the staff. Uh, 
and I can do all these things from my phone. And so my phone's autocorrect sometimes gets involved in my communication with my staff. And so you could imagine that I would often type the word worship. That's right, a word that you would kind use of a our lot business, in, right? I use yeah. that word a lot. And every time I type in the word worship to my phone, it autocorrects to another word. Really? Can you guess in a million years what word worship would autocorrect to? Worship. No. What? It corrects to the word weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a couple times, a couple times it has gotten through and been sent that way. <laughs> Usually I catch it, but there have been a couple times when uh, I've, you know, talked about our our weirdo service on Sunday or, uh, you know, said wanted to thank someone for attending our weirdo, our weirdo service, right? Um, but, you know, it's, it's been growing on me, making me think a little bit because one of the, one of the debates that churches have had for decades has been how weird should a worship service be, right? Here we are at our, this last church, and we have the same, a similar service here where we have the, the cool, darker, no windows service in right. the youth building, right? It kind of feels more like jazz club, comedy club, dark black box space that everyone's sitting in right, right. Um, with the stage up in the front. And uh, so that feels like a place that you've been to for other stuff, right? Like you've, you've gone to a, a small concert, hear a comedy show. Like this is a, this is the kind of place you would go to that. Right. Um, different Something than... Something that feels familiar and Right, common. feels familiar. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it wouldn't be a huge leap to go from seeing a concert at a place like that to going to church at a place like that. Which is uh, very intentional. We do that on purpose. Correct. Trying right. to make the space feel comfortable and welcoming and familiar right. to a, to a, a non-churched and that's And that's audience, the argument. Right? The argument, right, is that if you do a more contemporary service, say with, with less, for lack of a better word... Well, I have better words, but I already used this word, so I'm going to kind of keep going with it. <laughs> Fewer weird things, right. like the robes, candles, right. choirs, processes, processions up the middle aisle. Right. Uh, you know, not stuff you find outside of right. a church setting. Right. Yeah. Organs. There's not a whole lot of organs. Right. Paper organ. Yeah, you don't see a whole lot of a lot of that kind of thing happening out there in the <laughs> in your regular day. So, uh, so the, the the question I've been wrestling with is. Um, should worship, a worship service in this case, be weird? How weird should it be? If you think about it, people following Jesus, if you truly are being like Jesus, your life will be remarkably different than the average life. Yeah, People were persecuted in the first century and actually centuries after that too for being like Jesus and the way that it threatened the status quo. Uh, so the whole premise of following Jesus, living your life to love God and love your neighbor before selfishly loving yourself, um, that's a weird life. And as we have had these worship experiences over the centuries that have involved the robes, the candles, carrying a big brass cross in, having uh, all the marble and the columns and the you know different architectural terms, the... Uh, the um, the nave and the chancel and the apse and the transept and the you know <laughs> and the narthex which we still use the word narthex which <laughs> I'm not sure that's really helpful but we still say that say that yeah. Um, yeah so is there something to be said for the value of those things or is all of it 
to be pitched for the sake of making people who are new feel more comfortable. Yeah. Well, it, it, it made me start thinking about, um, well, how, how odd or how weird did the Jews seem to the society that they were living in? So when we read the Old Testament, right, they, they were supposed to be a people set apart, mm-hmm. right? So they, their, their practices and their, um, you know, would have, been, would have been seen as weird as compared to those around them, right? Definitely. And and certainly the first Christians were were looked at as pretty weird. Um, you know, when you know, when that movement first started, you know, the um so it, it seems to me that being a follower of God and being a follower of Jesus, um, it's been weird since the beginning. Um Yeah, monotheism was weird. Yeah. The the whole idea of not having idols. Like there were whole businesses that built idols that that's how they made their li- their livelihood yeah and all of a sudden there's just one god and you're not allowed to make idols anymore that hurts their bottom line yeah, yeah. but i mean over time as we became as at least on western societies we became a judeo-christian um prominently uh, yeah. you know um you know some of those morals you know became the norm right but they were still considered weird when they started right the the treatment of children and women, the the building of hospitals, the building of schools, the the idea of of caring for the sick and the poor. I mean, those those were weird concepts when they when they came out. They're you know they're mainstream now, but um, yeah. So I, you know, Christianity has been been weird since the beginning. And then if if you are a believer that a, a, a man predicted his own death, died, was raised again three days later. <laughs> Um, weird. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's so to, even today, that's you still don't weird. see that every day. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. that brings you back to the worship topic. You know, should it be weird? Um, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it should be a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I guess the question is is uh, contemporary worship like a starter? <laughs> Right, you start there, and then you work in like beginners worship. Right, beginners worship, and then you may move over to a place with a little more marble. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, you know, you're doing you're doing hymns with actual like stanzas versus the uh, what traditional worshipers would call the Seven Eleven songs, where in contemporary worship where you sing the the same seven words eleven times. <laughs> my my favorite with uh, some contemporary music is: can you take the can you take the word Jesus out and submit it with your girlfriend's name? And is it, is it, <laughs> I love you, Jesus. I love you, Sarah. You know, that's, um, I don't know. Uh, well, challenge accepted. I'm going to be doodling on that later. <laughs> See when I can pull off. Offer this. I think it could be a gift to my wife. Is here, honey. Here's this list of hymns that I've changed the word Jesus to the word Susan. You're welcome. And you would say, "That's weird." That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking no, that's of weird, weird. but no, uh, I, 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 I don't think contemporary worship is a. I mean, it, it, we intentionally try to make it comfortable for non Christians, but, um, you know, if 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 that was how you saw worship, then is like the graduate level. If you go all the way to Ro- Roman Catholic again, do you have to? <laughs> <laughs> do, you have right. to have, do you have to have marble pillars and? Um, incense and you know yeah i mean you think about think about like the so i was just back in philadelphia at uh at our catholic church where i grew up uh, for my dad's funeral um and 
you know, you, you forget the, the effort that goes into building these cathedral like spaces, mm -hmm. right? I mean, hundreds of years ago. Um, uh, and the, the architecture, the artistry that goes into creating these spaces right. is done because the artisans want to glorify God right. in the way this looks, right? right? Um, like the, the, you know, like the wooden beams holding the ceiling up were carved, are carved into angel faces. <laughs> you know, I remember being in like the third grade in Catholic school, going there, and like, it's like they're watching you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's a little intimidating back then. The nuns probably wanted you to think that. They wanted that, you know, think that, right? The, uh, Sister Helen. Always watching. God bless her. Uh, <laughs> angels are always watching. <laughs> um, but, uh, but now I'm looking at it and just thinking, I'm imagining a person on a scaffold 250 years ago, building yeah. this thing, carving that face into that piece of wood, you know, or, and just, it's all, it's, it's all inspiring. And the, the whole reason that they would design these spaces with the high ceilings, and I'm not talking like a 10 footer, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, the big ones, yeah. it looks like an up down, like whole, upside down hold of a ship. <laughs> um, they built that because they wanted the, the, empty space above you to draw your eyes up there. They right. wanted you to like, they designed this to literally make you look up right into the heavens. Up to God, yeah. And so, you know, so there's a purpose behind these things that we have eliminated right. to make it less weird. Right. And, uh, and he, so yeah. on the converse then, has it become too familiar? Ha great has great God question. Become too, you know, too, too easy to, you know, yeah. Jesus is my friend. Right. And, than, and is that solved with more marble and a pipe organ? <laughs> you know? right. Does he become less friendly? <laughs> right. Because right. there's a pipe organ at the Tampa Theater. <laughs> you know? I don't know if anyone's getting saved in there lately. <laughs> you know, um, If there's a church meeting there right now, I apologize. I'm sure people are getting <laughs> saved here. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, there are places with marble and pipe organs that uh, have a negligible effect on your soul. But, um, but yeah, but I, I think the, you know, the attention to detail that uh, people would pour into building these cathedral spaces um it, it, it th there's a feeling you get when you walk into one of these places and i got had the privilege of going over to um to england uh, and uh and ireland uh in recent years and to go into the worship spaces there you know like I like history i love visiting places in america where it's been there you know three four hundred years um like you have a church over there that was there a thousand years ago, <laughs> you know, and and people still were worshiping Jesus and creating these spaces to draw you into the experience of encountering Jesus Christ in this place, and um, you know, you, you you think of the um, I got to go to the church uh, uh, in Ireland where they first they first performed Handel's Messiah. Oh wow. Um, so like you're, you're walking around and like, you're thinking like these floor tiles, these walls, these are the first ones that the Hallelujah Chorus echoed off of ever, right? <laughs> Hundreds of years ago. And, and y you couldn't do Handel's Messiah in a black box theater, a comedy club space. You just, it, you couldn't do it. It needs to echo off the floors and the walls and the ceiling, Yeah, yeah. you know? And so is there something lost? <laughs> yes. Um, so is what you gain enough to, to pay the cost of what you've lost in, um, you know, in not having those, those beautifully carved marble granite 
pillar yeah. things. Well, and it's funny that you, you talk about the, the way the music sounded in those spaces um, and the way they look and feel. And, and we do, you know, being on the tech side of, of worship, you know, we do a lot to try to, to, try to mimic that artificially, hmm. right? So in order to get that, to get that reverb, you know, we add that effect into the music you know, from the sound booth. You add some audio marble. To get to get some of those um, cool backdrops, you know, we create, you know, artificial windows and stained glass graphics and That's true. Just you know, we, so we have we right, right now, yeah. yeah. To try to mimic that, you know, that classic traditional, you know, feel. And you know, I think there's um, you know, there's there was some some skill and some purpose in you know, behind those those older buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I've I've said several times. You know that the the existence of different denominations within the Christian faith is a testament to the grace of God meeting people where they are. Yeah, right. There are different personalities that need predestination to feel secure. Yeah, there are people who need the Wesleyan free will to believe that there's you know not strings being pulled right, to make everything happen, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, there's people who need the certainty of biblical inerrancy, and there's people who need the the freedom to think a little bit about what I just read without having the pressure of, you know, nailing down the facts right this very second. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, we and we bicker back and forth about who's right and who's wrong, but I really do think there's probably a lot of grace in that, that where God is reaching out to us according to who we are. So, uh, you know, it's possible to me anyway, that this is another one of those ways that the grace of God is shown by creating a worship space that speaks to people who have this kind of mm-hmm. preference, learning style, whatever, and people who have this experience. I mean, there are plenty of people who left a more traditional church for whatever negative reason. And, um, and prefer a, a, a building that looks nothing like a church. Yeah, you know. Uh, what I find interesting too is a lot of the studies um, that are coming out is the your style of work. We used to think it was predicated. Your style of worship was predicated on your age, you know, and, and what you right. grew up with and what you were, you know, you were accustomed to. But um, that's not that's not necessarily the truth anymore. There there are there are millennials and young people who. Are attracted to traditional worship because it's, you know, different than what they experience when they go to concerts. Yeah. You know, they're they're looking for something different than, you know, what they could get going to the, you know, going to the arenas or whatever. You know, and that so, fascinates me. Yeah. Um, and then you know, there's there's people that that are you know more seasoned Christians that enjoy a, you know, a, a contemporary, um, you know, worship service and the energy and the volume of the music and the Right. Um, so, yeah. So it, it's it's your preference of style of worship um, doesn't seem to be as tied to to age as we thought it was either. So yeah. Nor does it seem to be tied to the quality of your discipleship. Right. Yeah. There are equally deep, passionate followers of Jesus in both traditional and contemporary worship, yeah, and there are also <laughs> shallow pop in and pop out uh, <laughs> disciples of Jesus Christ who uh, are good at both also, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so obviously, you know, 
becoming a growing disciple of Jesus Christ is not hinged on which kind of service you go to. Um, even though some might argue either way, I'll tell you honestly, if for some reason we have a Sunday morning where I'm in one of the two services and not both, I feel off. That's interesting. I feel like I've had the whole experience. If I've been in the, in the contemporary service, the modern service, and if I've been in the, the traditional service, I, I, you know, sometimes I'll even like wear jeans and a, and a you know, t-shirt or button-up shirt in the contemporary and then i'll do a wardrobe change <laughs> put on my shirt and tie slacks you know and robe up and then do that um and i feel like th- and there's some hassle there right to rush over change uh, but um but there's something just that feels complete about it to me that i just really love and if ever i was to go to a church that had one and not the other that would be tough for me i think yeah yeah, and and you know I don't like the blended scene, right? Where you try to do both at the same time. Yeah, that doesn't never seems to work. I mean, I've 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 heard that it, I've been told by some people they've seen it work. Um, I think that's kind of like the Loch Ness monster. You know, some people have seen a grainy <laughs> picture of it, but is it really it was real? Was it more of a legend than anything else? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like saying a Bigfoot. Like, was it really there? <laughs> but um, I, I I prefer like all the way one way or all the way the other. Like I, yeah. I want, you know, uh, and even those, those churches that have like the contempt or the traditional space, but still contemporary it up some, <laughs> you know, I like, if we're going to do traditional, let's robe it up, process in, have the acolytes, have the, you know, yeah. carry the cross in, lift high the cross, walk into the hymns, organ, the whole, the whole thing. And, you know, and feel it. Um, so I, I don't know. I like, I like them both. And, and I feel like I'm, I'm missing it. If I, don't get one, <laughs> but they get the other. So I don't know. Uh, but I do know that it's a, it's a preference thing. Obviously, uh, when you only work one day a week, you probably should go to, twi- go to church at least twice, uh, like, like we do. But just kidding. We do not, do not just work one day a week. <laughs> but uh, friends, whichever kind of service you go to, uh, I hope that you will join us sometime at Heritage. We have both. Uh, the modern service is at 9. Our traditional service is at 11. And uh, you can come as you are to either one. We're glad to have you. Uh, but... Uh, for now, thanks so much for joining us on the Disorganized Religion Podcast. We uh, hope you'll join us again next time. And don't forget to check us out on the website, heritageumc.com, or on uh, Facebook, Heritage United Methodist in Clearwater. So thanks again. Take care. Have a good week. See you, everyone.